You sure are. It is the Monday night edition of our show. You're familiar with us. We are familiar with you, so you know that this is a call-in show. We'd love to talk to you tonight, talk about employment matters, your job, your boss, what to do, what not to do at the holiday party. That's not obvious. Uh, we'll get to all those things, your emails as well. That is simply help at employmenthour.com. And anytime you so choose to uh, check it out while we sit here and idly chat, my friend, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com. Lots of stuff to get through on the show tonight. Lior, we'll start with the week that was. Brother, how are you doing? Well, John, uh, you know, looking forward like everyone else to to the holidays. Uh, take a bit of a break and you spend yeah, some time with the family, and hopefully, everyone gets to do that in the uh, in the coming days and, and weeks. And uh, you know, it's a it's a fun time to, uh, this time of year. But we're not there yet, and I can tell you that the last few days, last week, and already today on Monday. Man, what a busy time in my office. Uh, today uh, flew by while I was in the office speaking with a lot of people, and there's got to be something in the water. You can pretty much count on employers not letting people go this time of year. It's the decent thing to do. But for some reason this year, it's not the case. I've spoken a lot of people, got emails over the weekend from a lot of people that have just been let go, not because they did anything wrong, just because the company is doing some sort of restructuring. Yeah. Decent thing would have been to wait to the new year, but as as it is they've been let go bottom line is again these issues don't stop just because we're going to take a break you may still have issues maybe you didn't lose your job hopefully you didn't but there may be other issues maybe your terms of employment are going to be changed in the new year or maybe your boss is not treating you properly or you're concerned about what's going to happen after the holidays all that and more we talk about right here, right now. And, of course, give us a call. Let's talk about your employment law issues, and, and let's uh, answer some questions, solve some problems. And, Johnny, uh, rather than the week that was, let me talk about the day that was because sure. I met with a couple of people today, actually, Monday, uh, where I thought I'm going to bring uh, uh, those up here on the week that was. We've talked before, John, about the duty to accommodate. And the duty to accommodate, obviously, is an important one. And here's today in a couple of situations came up in an interesting context. So first situation I'll tell you about, I spoke with a gentleman that worked for a large company for many years, about 27 years, uh, older gentleman. And uh, over the past year and a half or so, uh, for medical reasons, he was required to work at home. Uh, he wasn't able to commute to work. He just wasn't able to do the, the, the drive back and forth for health reasons. He was still able to do the work, and he was able to do the work quite efficiently from home on the phone, sitting in front of the computer, no problem. And his employer allowed him to do that. Well, very recently, he got a new boss, and the boss decided, no, no, now I want you to be in. I want to see you. I want you to be right. in the office. Fair enough, except he still wasn't able to do it for health reasons. And he went to his doctor, got a doctor's note saying he can't do it. He can do the job. He just can't do the commute. It's a long commute for him, uh, over an hour each way. He just cannot do it. Uh, And he thought that would be it, except the company says, no, that's not good enough. We want to know what the medical condition is. Uh, We don't think we should have to accommodate that. It's been too long. So you better uh, come back to work in the office or else. So he Uh called me. I spoke to him today. Well, John, you know, I'm sure by now, and our our regular listeners should absolutely know by now that it doesn't work that way. An employer has a very strict duty to accommodate. In this situation, for medical reasons, he had to work from home, and that's the accommodation that they have to give him. So they have to do it. And they can't say that they cannot do it, that it's too hard, because they've already been doing it for the last year and a half. And beyond that, an employer cannot ask for what the specific medical condition is. They try to do that here. So this employer got it wrong, and I'm going to get involved in his behalf and help him resolve it. So the message here is clear. It's simple. An employer has a duty to accommodate. 
it, it could be modified duties, modified hours. In this case, it could be a situation where they have to allow him to continue working from home. It's not up to them. They have to do it. He has a doctor's note, and it ends there. And hopefully, John, over the next uh, uh, couple of weeks, I can uh, kind of get him off his back, so to speak, and allow them or allow him to continue working from home. Yeah, a lot of people, or at least a lot of uh, folks who work out there, don't realize the importance and strength that that uh, that you know medical practitioner, that doctor's note, has in your hand. That is the trump card as far as keeping you safe in the workplace when you're not supposed to be there, right? It begins and it ends with what the doctor has to say. As long yeah. as what the doctor is saying is clear, as long as it's not ambiguous, then yes, it's that that's all you really need and in this case uh, he read me the note we spoke on the phone it was clear it's exactly what it should have said so this employer really is out of options they have to accommodate johnny when you you know we know when we talked about this uh, both on your show and savan show of course the insurance and injury law show that when you know when you're off on a disability leave and you're under the uh the payment of an insurance company they can ask you to go see their own doctor can your workplace do that no, you're no, just off. I, you're not on disability. You're just off. Can they say, you know what, we want you to see another doctor? You're, you're absolutely right that an insurance company can say, well, I need you to go see our doctors right. to get an opinion as to whether you can or cannot work. Your employer cannot do that. The only time it would be even conceivably reasonable for the employer to, to do that is if they were getting conflicting medical information from your doctor. If, you know, on day one he says you're able to work, on day two he says you're not able to work, right. well, we, we don't know what this means. Maybe we should go see another doctor. That would be extremely, extremely rare. In most cases, no, they can't ask you to see your own, their own doctor. What your doctor says goes. Make sure your doctor gives a clear note in terms of what you are able to do or not able to do and, and any timelines, and that is it. Any problems, you reach out to me. 7.13, lots of time to go. This is a call-in show, which means the lines are open for you to ask your questions about your job or your severance or asking for a pal or a family member. No problem. It's 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one 225 talk That is toll-free. What else you got going on, pal? Spoke with a gentleman, actually met with him uh, today, uh, who has been working for uh, a, a large employer as well. He was a manager there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some uh, some months ago, his mother was diagnosed with a very serious medical condition, uh, and he, as, as uh, the sole provider for and care mm -hmm. for his mom, older, had to take care of her. Serious medical condition, needed care around the clock, and he needed some time to kind of get her back on her feet, to, right. to look after her, support her, uh, and make sure that she's taken care of. Quite a reasonable thing to do. Uh, now, un unfortunately, his employer was less than cooperative. He spoke with his employer ask for for time off they initially gave him uh, a few weeks off mm -hmm. but he needed three more uh, more months and they said too bad we can't do it uh we're not going to do it we've given you enough time and they fired him for cause for abandoning his job wow. nonsense ridiculous here's why remember du a duty to accommodate well an employer also have a has a duty to accommodate based on what we call family status what that means is in this situation he has family obligations that he has to meet in this case caring for his mother. The only way he can provide that is through accommodation from his employer. There's no other options. He doesn't have siblings that he can help. He doesn't have a spouse that can help. He has to do it. And they have to accommodate that. And their failure is a breach of the human rights code, which means this is also a wrongful dismissal. 
They didn't have cause to let him go. So they owe him severance. They owe him human rights damages. This is a bad situation for this employer, uh, and it's obviously a bad for him as well. But the good news is the law is going to come down pretty hard on this employer. So the lesson, of course, family status has to be accommodated if that means give, getting time off, flexible hours, etc. An employer can't say it's your problem. No, the law says it becomes the employer's problem. Want to reach out anytime to Lior, member of the team. It is help at employmenthour.com and 1-855-821-5900. That will put you in touch with the firm if you need to uh, to carry on. Severance pay calculator. Before we get the calls lined up here, I see them coming through. Again, uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Tell me a little bit about that calculator. SeverancePayCalculator.com. I, I know our regular listeners know about it. They've used it. But we have new listeners every single time we're on the air. So you need to know about SeverancePayCalculator.com. If you lost your job, as the name suggests, it tells you what you are owed. Once you go to SeverancePayCalculator.com, you will answer the three questions, your age, position, length of employment, and then you're done. It's easy to use. It's free. It's anonymous. You can't pay for it if you try this, as you like to say, John. And yeah. by using that, you'll have the right information because, spoiler alert, it's not a week's pay per year service. It's a lot more than that. So please check it out. Use it, severancepaycalculator.com. You know, I kind of joked about it off the top of the show, and I know we, we talked about this with Leah in Vancouver the other day, and uh, it's, it's, it's really that time of year. Well, some of them have already happened, but... Those company parties, you know, you just got to be careful what's going on there, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. You have to, you have to understand uh, as an employer that what happens in the party is, is, is the workplace. So for the purposes of the party, the party is the workplace. So if you're not going to allow certain things in your workplace, be careful about allowing them uh, in the party. You, you're responsible for employees. You can't have employees engage in conduct that puts them or others in danger. You can't let people drive drunk. You have to be responsible. Set the rules. Uh, you know, you shouldn't be allowing people to, to drink too much. Control yeah. how much alcohol is served. You have responsibilities because if things go wrong, guess who's going to be liable? The employer. We're going to move on. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number uh, you want to use. We'll get to it. Uh, Wayne, hey, Wayne, how are you? Hey, hello. How you doing? Good, pal. What's going on with you tonight? I'm um, great. I love the show. I've been listening for quite some time. And uh, I was inspired to call in on behalf of my wife, who's having some difficulty at work. She she works in a uh, in a medical practice, and the the secretary um, who looks after the bookings and things like that can be quite often very disruptive in, in the way things are going. And, uh, she's only been there for a couple of years, but uh, the secretary's been there for more than 15. So... Uh, and it's kind of a difficult thing because she's a younger member on the on the team, and this person is giving her a hard time and not uh, is often late, is um, disruptive, um, argues with, with clients and patients, uh, makes things quite difficult for her, um, argues with, with, with the way she wants things done, and it's really up to her to how she wants to manage the patients. But you know, from a secretarial point of view, she gives uh, gives my wife a hard time. And I was wondering what kind of remedy there could be for that. Um, when, and I know you often talk about, um, you know, from the employer um, causing trouble to um, to employees, but this is sort of the other way around, where you've got an employee who's who's not behaving as one should in that thing. I mean, she's had sure. bad um, reviews because of this interaction and mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. So, Wayne, remember that, that, that it's not just the employer 
that can't behave badly. The, the employer's obligation is broader than that. What I mean is the employer has to prevent a poison work environment. The employer has to make sure that the work environment is healthy, it's productive, that it's proper. Now, what that means is that your wife should tell her employer because her employer can't really do anything unless it becomes aware, it's made aware. And so she needs to speak to her employer, whoever the right person, t express concerns, follow up in writing, okay? There has to be a, a, a some sort of a written follow-up that she raised those concerns. And then I want her to start documenting uh, instances. So if some, an incident happens on uh, January 5th, write down what happened. And then something else happened on, on the 10th, write down what happened. And if this continues, and if an employer doesn't do anything to fix this problem, despite uh, this being brought to the employer's attention, she at that point may be in a position to treat this as a constructive dismissal. She may be in, in that poison work environment. The employer doesn't do anything about it. It's uncomfortable to work. Uh, it's not productive. Uh, she can't do her job, what have you. Well, then at that point, it's constructive dismissal. So to summarize, talk to her employer, confirm that in writing, and start keep uh, uh, start keeping a written record of anything happening with this other person. And if things don't improve, I want her to reach out to me, and we can discuss constructive dismissal. And again, to get her to reach out, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll squeeze uh, squeeze Jeremy in here before we break. Hey, Jeremy, how are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Good, mate. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? Uh, so me and uh, the, my coworkers, who all do the same job, the seven of us, are salaried employees. Um, quite often, we are clocking overtime. So we start at 7:30 in the morning. Um, generally, we don't get done till five. Sometimes we might go home at 3:34, but generally we're there till five. How? And I know we are entitled to overtime after eight and a half hours a day or eight hours a day. How do I bring that to my employer? And what happens if he says, well, what happens to the days you get to go home early? How, how does that work? So first of all, Jeremy, uh, you're actually uh, not correct with respect to overtime. It's not after eight hours or eight and a half hours a day. Overtime is after 44 hours a week, okay? So it's calculated weekly. Uh, unless you have an employment agreement that says, I will pay you overtime if you work more than eight hours a day, unless you have that, then the law says you have to get paid overtime over 44 hours a week. So if you can show that you've worked 44 hours or more uh, in a week, then anything over 44, you have to get paid overtime, you have to get paid time and a half. And, and okay. you, have to, you have to document that. And if your employer won't pay it to you, well, that's illegal. That's a breach of the Employment Standards Act. You can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. I can help you to resolve it. They have to pay it. It doesn't matter. Even if in a particular week you work less hours and you technically speaking get over overpaid, it doesn't matter. It still doesn't change the fact that on weeks where you work more than 44 hours, you have to get paid time and a half. Is that okay. all right? Yeah, so one of my my coworkers brought that to attention, just kind of said to our, she's the controller at, at the office, and we said, um, what's the overtime plan? Because we don't have one. We, just, we haven't been paid that. And it got to a point where all the managers and my boss and the owner got involved, and they basically intimidated him into... Uh -huh don't ask for these sorts of things. And we believe that's illegal. Is that correct? Well, of course it's illegal. That's what we call a reprisal. 
Anytime you get threatened, punished, bullied uh, because you're trying to stick up for your legal rights, that's completely and utterly illegal. So again, you can go to the Ministry of Labor. I can help you. If it, if you're at, you or your colleagues are at a point certainly where you say, you know what, enough is enough. I don't want to work for a company that bullies me. I don't want to work for a company that doesn't pay me my overtime. You may be in a position already to treat that as a constructive dismissal and, and leave with compensation. Otherwise, if you're only after your overtime, I think the Ministry of Labor is the best place to go because guess what? If you've worked it, your employer has to pay it. Okay, so final question real quick. Yep. He says, okay, then we're going to change you to hourly. How do you like that? Like, is you're that- not allowed to do that. Not allowed to you're do that. Would that would be a constructive dismissal with the cherry on top. Absolutely <laughs> not. Can't do that. Okay, thank you very much, guys. That's been most helpful. Thanks, Jeremy, and uh, smart phone call, by the way. Well done. You want to reach out afterwards, which I'm sure you will, 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Curtis, I see you there, brother. Stand stand by. We'll get to you and your phone calls as well. We have lots of open lines to take your calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and 1-888-225-TALK, Employment Hour, right here on Global News Radio. Being let go from your job without even realizing it. We'll get to that in just a bit. In the meantime, phone calls are always top priority. You have time to call in. It is a call-in show. You have questions. Get some answers. Get on the right track. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. And one triple eight two two five talk That is toll-free. Thank you so much for hanging on, Curtis. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Good, brother. What's uh, going on with you? Quick question. Being yep. uh, changed from hourly to salary, and I'm being told uh, no more sick days. If I had take a sick day, I have to just make up the time. Is that legal? So, uh, so first of all, you're. Uh, uh, do you want to be moved from uh, salary to hourly? No choice. If I want to stay working there, I'm salary. Okay. So first of all, let's start with the idea that uh, an employer doesn't have a right to do that. So in terms of choice, your choice is one of them is to treat that as a termination, as a constructive dismissal, and get severance. How long have you been there, by the way? No, I, I love the company. I, I love working there. Okay, you don't want, want to do that. Okay, it. fair enough. I, I'm keeping it. Yeah, I, I thought about that. I've listened to you many times, and that's not an issue. But I just okay. wonder, it's just funny that they say, well, yeah, I take a sick day, but make up the time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, your your employer can establish uh, sick day policy. So so they, they, they have to give you the time off, but they can uh, require you to make it up later. So strictly speaking, yes, they can do that. Uh, as long as they don't deny you the time off when you need it, uh, they they can have you make it up. The, the, the problem, of course, as I said, is the, the they actually can't legally require you to switch from salary to hourly or, or vice versa for that matter. But again, if you want to do it, then you don't have to treat it as a constructive dismissal. One concern always I have with this is once you kind of let your employer, you know, I say mess in quotation marks, with your compensation, uh, as they are here, they may then be able to do it again. Next time, you may not have the option to treat that as a constructive dismissal. But I completely get it. If you like the job, you like the job. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've, thought, I've listened to you for a couple of years, and I and I know where I stand, and I've guided other people at my Perfect. work as to where they stand. But I just wondered, because I thought we were legally allowed to get a couple of sick days free a year, like they wrote a new law. Yeah, the, the, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your pres- perspective, uh, our premier, Mr. Ford, has gotten rid of that. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you so, go. So c- call Dougie. Yeah, I, call I Dougie. Still, I, st- I still like Dougie, and I still like my job. So hey, man, it is what it is. I'm just, just telling you the way it is. 
There you are, buck of beer. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number to call in. Got plenty of time, plenty of room. Come on in, water's warm. We'll uh, love to take your call. Hey, John, thanks for uh, thanks for your call. How are you, pal? Not bad. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on in your world tonight? Question. I, had a, I know it's, a, it's an injury question. Anyway, six months ago, I hurt myself uh, riding my bike, but uh, I've been on insurance for six months now, and I had the... Uh, I had pains in my knee and everything, and uh, so now they tell me to go for MRI and x-rays, which I agree, because we can't get this thing solved, right? My yes. insurance company wants a copy of all that. Are they allowed to ask for all that through my So doctor? when you say insurance, you mean the long-term disability or short-term disability insurance yes. company? Yes. They yes. want me to send them a copy of everything. Yes. Yes. They're, they're allowed... Okay? They're allowed to get your medical file, absolutely, yes. So, and, and, in fact, it's in your policy that you're going to provide them with that. So if you don't, that could give them a reason to cut you off. So, yes, you should provide them with that. That's all good. I have one more question. Yep. In the six months, I, I have a rider on my right knee uh, because I've had this for 10 years. But when I took it out, I had a little bit of arthritis in it, right? And uh, it hasn't bothered me. But now, since I've been walking for six months on that other knee, everything's screwed up now. Now... Did they tell me they're not paying me because of the rider on my right knee, or the injury can make it worse? Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't because it's a it's a new injury and and it, it shouldn't impact the fact that it, it, it's not a pre-existing condition. The pre-existing condition is the first knee, so no, that would not be a reason to to not pay you or to cut you off. So they should be okay. Okay, they should be okay. And if much. again, if if it is, and yeah. I have by the way, I've seen insurance companies try to come up with all kinds of creative uh, excuses. Man, yeah. you'd be surprised if that happens. Yeah, definitely reach out to me. Okay, thank you very much. Bye bye. Appreciate it, John. Thank you. And the number to reach out by one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour dot com. Still taking your calls here on this station. It is call in one triple eight two two five talk. One triple eight two two five talk is toll free and four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. Hey, Jack, you're up next. How are you? Hi. Good evening, gentlemen. So I've been a dental technician at the same place, uh, classified as a contractor where I just get my full wages and do the taxes myself and whatnot. But I don't get any vacation or any, uh, I guess, sick days, pay time off, what have you. Mm. And I've been there for three years. So, I mean, it's been, I guess, an understanding that this is the way I get paid. I haven't said anything up until now. But is there some sort of, I guess, law or statute saying, after X amount of months, years, I'm entitled to what an employee would be entitled to salary. Jack, uh, how many hours you, would you work in a week? Uh, usually 8.30 to 5, Monday to Friday. So that's just <laughs> three hours a week. Well, the, no. the reason why, why John and I are chuckling, it's, it's not out of any disrespect. It's simply the fact that this is a classic situation oh, yeah. where you're being misclassified as a contractor when you are an employee. Uh, and it's not even after a period of time. You probably were an employee in the eyes of the law as soon as you started this job. You have a full-time job. It's it's as simple as that. You have a, a regular full-time job, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, like many people, uh, and, and you are an employee, and it doesn't matter how they choose to pay you or how you pay your taxes. You are an employee, and what does that mean? That means that you're absolutely right. You're entitled to vacation pay and holiday pay and overtime pay, etc., etc., etc. You're entitled to the whole list of employment law rights that every employee has. Now, here's the problem. The problem is you can easily get that. So you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, or you can have me help you, and you'll get it. What you're going to have to think about is what does that mean to your relationship with your employer? 
because yeah you're gonna get it up 100 percent but are you gonna be comfortable showing up to work every day with this company where you 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 know they may be upset with what uh, you've done uh, I that's a personal decision from my perspective I can tell you you're you're very easily owed that and you'll get it what I will say is if you ultimately decide to say you know what I'm gonna not rock the boat that's your call if at some point they let you go remember you're gonna be owed full severance at that point because you're an employee but so, at what point was that considered because I wasn't hired on like I completely understand what you're saying and I listen to the show and I listen to the you know you on the on the airwaves but I guess my question is at what point was that understanding if I got hired with you know with the pretext that I am a contractor it doesn't matter what the pretext is it, it, it's you know if if you were hired under that pretext it doesn't change if you were starting to work from their offices 9 to 5 on day 1 when you started doing that you were already an employee the whole basis for hiring you as a contractor was, was non-existent it doesn't exist you were never a contractor it's but like they don't you know pay me like an employee it, it, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's like if i were to to buy a car right now but i call it a motorcycle it's still a car right i can say no no it's it's a motorcycle and look i i uh, i i i signed the paper that says it's a motorcycle but if it's still a car it's a car if if you're an employee you're an employee and it doesn't matter what you call yourself doesn't matter how they pay you doesn't matter how you pay your taxes the law decides what you are and you're an employee and you're an employee on day one okay and there's no time limitations whether it's a month or three years it's all the same it is all the same it is all the same like substance over form uh if you were working full-time regular hours kind of from their offices you say you know dental techs so obviously you're not working from home uh then you're you're an employee uh so what are you thinking jack you think you're gonna try to get your rights here or are you gonna let it go well i want to have first that constructive conversation because like mm -hmm. I, I, I know. I, well, I guess I know now what the law is, but I also know what we what would the, we discussed initially. So I just, you know, just I I called in because I'm hearing this on the show that I am entitled to something. So, so here's here's in terms of having a conversation with your employer. Here's what you need to tell them, and they should get their own advice. You know, that they should speak to their own lawyer so to to get that advice. But the problem is, because this is an illegal arrangement. They have liability here because if CRA ever audits them, they're going to say, well, wait a second there. Jack is an employee. You haven't been paying him as an employee. You haven't been deducting EI and CPP. You haven't been paying you the employer portion that you needed to pay. We don't like that. There's going to be fines. There's going to be penalties. So it's in their interest, not just yours. It's in their interest to get it right. So you should have that discussion with them and say, I just learned this and tell them to get their own advice because, yeah, what, the, the arrangement actually, as you've described it to me, uh, Jack, is illegal. Okay, well, thanks for letting me know that. And uh, I know now that I have a back to, to, to come back to. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks to you, uh, Jack. Appreciate your call. Again, write this down. Keep it because just in case, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. Still have lots of time for you to call in as well, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That number is toll free. Matt, thank you for hanging on. How are you? I work for a rather large corporation, 400-plus uh, employees in Canada. I've uh, been there for over five years. Um, it's a sales job, so I've got a base salary and commission. Um, three years ago, I was making, on average, 50K a year. They moved. They created a new division, moved me and a bunch of other people in this new division. So for the past three years, my salary jumped up. Uh, I was making uh, upwards of 70K a year. 
And now, just recently, like three weeks ago, they came to us and said, we're going to dissolve this division. We're going to push you all into different divisions. And the numbers look like we're going to be all dropping by 20K. So now I'm back to 50K like it was three years ago. Right. So, you know, I view it as a constructive dismissal. What kind of, you know, package should they be offering me? So you're absolutely right. First of all, Matt. Yes, it is a constructive dismissal. Anytime you're gonna take, you know, a twenty thousand or something like that pay cut, that's a big deal to, to go from seventy to fifty. Yeah, wow, that's not even close. Of course, it's a constructive dismissal. And by the way, the fact that you were making fifty thousand, you know, three years ago doesn't change that. Once you are up to the seventy thousand dollar point, they can't scale it back. They can't now say, well, we're going to go back to the way things were. That's a constructive dismissal. Now, in terms of severance, let's talk about that. Uh, five years, you said, in a sales role. How old are you, Matt? I'm 40. So, yeah, you're, you're looking at six to as much as eight months of pay is, is what you'd be owed, six to eight months of pay. Now, you said how much are they going to offer you? That's what I told you is what you're owed. I fully expect that the company is not going to offer it to you, and they'll say that's your role and that's it. So if you want to pursue it as a constructive dismissal, we'll, we'll have to force the issue. We'll have to deal with it by way of legal means. It's not complicated, but I don't necessarily expect them to say, hey, by the way, uh, Matt, here's, a, here's eight months' pay if we don't want this other role. Uh, that's not likely. Yeah. So what you're going to have to do is make a decision. Are you going to take this new job, this new role with the lower compensation? Obviously, that's your call. Or are you going to pursue this as a constructive dismissal? If you want to pursue it as a constructive dismissal, call me. And, and call me soon because you said it's already been a little while since they have announced these changes. So you can't sit on it. Uh, you want to do something right now. And remember what I've said before on the show, you may have heard me, is that if you allow these changes to happen, if you accept them and continue working, then you've given them the right to do it again. And six months from now, when they reduce you to $30,000, you won't be able to do anything because you let them do it this time. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, pal. Again, one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com. Uh, so, yeah, phone calls. Waiting for uh, for more to come in. we got some time here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Interesting headline you sent me tonight before the show. Being let go from your job without realizing it. Yeah, that's right. Can you, can you believe it? I mean, everyone knows when you, you've just received a termination letter. Obviously, it's, yep. a, it's a traumatic event for many people, and you're going to know when that happens. But there are situations where you actually can be let go without actually being fired, without someone telling you you're out of a job, where the law comes in, and the law says you've just right. been terminated and you have rights. So that's what we want to talk about. Well, first one on your list here is that you're put on a temporary layoff. A lot of people do not know this. Absolutely. So when your employer puts you on a temporary layoff, they're not saying, oh, yeah, you're, you're out of a job, you're fired, you're gone. They're going to say, no, no, this is a, a temporary situation. We're going to uh, send you home and we'll call you back. The thing is, the law again intervenes and says, that is a termination. Okay, You can treat that as a termination and not have to sit at home and wait to see if you get called back. You can treat that now as a termination. Remember, by the way, we're talking about non-union employees. Right. So, yes. A temporary layoff is a termination. It's a classic example where the law considers you to be terminated even though your employer didn't formally terminate you. Being let go without knowing it, your employer changes the terms of your employment. Uh, we're talking things like salary, job duties, work location, hours of work, stuff like that too, right? Classic constructive dismissal. We've touched yeah. on it a few times already on the show. Your employer changes the terms of your employment, compensation, as you said, location, duties. 
that is a termination. You may not realize it. You may not, you may not uh, understand or appreciate it, but now that you've heard us, you'll know that if that happens, that is a termination, probably the most common way where you can be let go without actually being let go, and you have a right at that point to treat that as a termination and get your severance. We'll get to more of these in a moment. Want to bounce over to the phones. Top priority. Ken, thank you for calling in. Good evening. Thank you. What's going on? Um, hi. Uh, you know, I was um, I resigned from my job after having a lot of pressure from my manager. I was making good money. I was making about seven grand a month, which adds up to a hundred thousand in a sales job. Right. And uh, one of the managers uh, I know had good terms with the general manager at my job, and I was constantly being just because of some personal data being targeted all all the time. So I voluntarily just thought one day, you know, I've had enough and I need to resign from this job. Uh, I know because I wrote a resignation and stuff, I don't know where I stand, but it was a constant. And I'm not the only one at the job who gets uh, to face that. And it's No, still, you're not. I agree. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, you know, I I have a feeling. I, I'm not a tech, I don't know techni- technicality, so I don't know if I have any legal grounds to go contest that. But you know what? I want to, to make a point. Anyone who's listening doesn't end up doing what I did, like writing a resignation and voluntarily resigning. Okay. Well, what, that's an excellent point you made. That situation? So, so let, let me first of all say you said voluntarily a couple of times. To me, this is not voluntary at all. Oh. To me, if you're put in a situation where it's uncomfortable to work, you feel you've been targeted, it's not the work environment you signed up for, if you leave because of that, that's not voluntary. You're not leaving because you say, hey, you know what, I just decided I want to do something else. You're leaving because of a situation that, that happened that you had no control over. So that's not actually voluntary. What does that mean? That means that if you can establish what you told me, if you can establish that you were targeted, you were bullied, harassed, what have you, if you can prove that, then that is actually the fact that you resigned, it's still a constructive dismissal. It's still a termination. Because again, you left because of what happened and then you could get your severance. What I would, if you, if you and I spoke before you resigned, what would I have said to you? It's a document. Make sure that there's a way to prove, to establish what you're saying because the company's not gonna admit it. They're not going to say, yes, we, we, we treated uh, Ken badly. They're not going to say that. So if you've documented, but even if you haven't, if there's a way to sh- show what you were going through, you could still get severance. And, and you know, you mentioned other people in that situation. Document, document, document. As long as you do that, even if you end up resigning, you're, you're going to be owed compensation. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Ken, let's you and I connect, okay, Uh, because I want to talk to you about uh, how we pursue that compensation. I want to find out how you were harassed, how we can prove it, because you may have some significant entitlements. Ken, again, 1-855-821-5900 is the number. Moving on here. Hey, Jeff, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good evening. Hey, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? Great. What's uh, what's your concern? Um, So, I've recently, uh, I filed a, a complaint with the Ministry of Labor against my former employer, and they've sided with me. Um, and send him an order to pay. However, he's disputed that. I'm just wondering how successful generally are these employers in overturning a Ministry of Labor decision? So w- what does it respect to? Overtime, a vacation pay, what is it? Uh, it's uh, determining whether I was an independent contractor or an employee. Ah, good. Okay, yeah. got it. And, and, and so, so they, yeah. they've cited that I was an employee and they they did their four-step test and came up with an amount that he's supposed to pay, but he's disputed that. 
Yeah. So we have a mediation date coming up shortly, and uh, I'm also wondering, should I go to this myself or retain somebody to come with me? So the, the way the process works, as you know, is when the Ministry of Labor makes a decision, uh, it's possible to appeal that to the Labor Board. And, right. and what happens is the first step, there's a mediation. In other words, see if we can resolve it. And if the matter can't resolve, it goes to an actual hearing before the Labor Board. Now, it, w- when you're at the Labor Board, uh, when the matter goes ahead to a hearing, it's a brand new hearing. They can hear evidence. So it doesn't really matter so much what the Ministry of Labor did. So, you know... Ministry of Labor can get it wrong, absolutely. So there's there's just as good a chance that they'll find in your favor as they would the, the, to find in favor of your employer. Obviously, I don't know enough about your matter. What yeah. I would advise you is why don't you and I connect off air? Let me find out more about your matter. And depending okay. how complicated it is, number one, and number two, how much money is at stake, we can talk about whether you need representation or you don't need a representation. You know, for example, if it's a hundred dollars at stake, I'm being ridiculous, then obviously yeah. it doesn't make sense for you. Uh, right. If it's more, then yeah, it might it may make sense. Or if the yeah. matter is that straightforward, if it's very straightforward, I'll say you know what they'll find in your favor no matter what, even if you don't have representation. But if okay. it's not straightforward, it may make sense to have it. So uh, the devil's in the details. Let's you and I speak off air, and, and hopefully we can figure out the best way to approach this. Sounds good. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Moving forward, it's uh, 1-855-821-5900. We've got a couple minutes left. we got time to squeeze uh, Jennifer on the line. Hey, Jennifer, how, uh, hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's, uh, what's your concern? Um, so the company that I work for was bought out by another company and the company that I work for is still operational um, so they've given me a letter to terminate my employment. Is that okay? Is that allowed? Are you going to continue working with the company that bought the business? Yes. So you've been offered a position you're going to continue working? Yes. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Under the new ownership, they um, given me a letter and given me three months' notice to say that my job is terminated in three months. Completely terminated, or are you going to continue working beyond that with a new company? No, completely terminated. Completely terminated. I understand. Okay. So, so three months. How long have you been there for? 13 years with the previous owner. Okay, so here's the thing. The new company inherited your service, and, yeah. and they can give you notice of termination, except three months is not enough. You're probably owed closer to a year, which means if they give you three months' notice, at the end of that notice, they'll owe you probably another nine months' pay or so. So it's not even a, it's not a question of the termination. They're allowed to, to terminate. It's a question of what you're owed. Once you started working with a new company, you inher- they inherited the service that you had with the previous company, so they owe you more than three months' pay. What I want to do is I want to see two things. Number one, I want to see that notice I gave you of termination, and I want to see any employment agreement that you may have signed with this new company, if there is one. Uh, And then we need to talk because I want to make sure that you get that compensation. It could be as much as another nine months' pay. If you quit before then, you're not going to get it. So uh, they terminated. That is legal. Three months, that is illegal. Wow. Okay. So let's connect as soon as possible, Jennifer, okay? 
That number, Jen, right here, one 821 5900 help at You ever wonder what you should be getting as well? You can go to severancepaycalculator.com. A banging show tonight, my friend. We'll leave it at that for now. We reconvene on Wednesday night right here at 7 o'clock. And, of course, the weekend shows. And Employment Hour and 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on weekend mornings as well. So we are all over this sucker. So join us again next time right here on Global News Radio.